Welcome to TA1, everything you want to know about adventure racing and then some. I'm your host, legendary Randy Erickson, on a Sunday night. I'm get this out Tuesday, which would be the 31st, which is one day before Chris Chris's um, February 15-minute challenge goes live, so uh, we'll talk about that during the episode, but... Um, It'll give you a little chance maybe to get a few people interested in it. Don't need to say any more because we will talk about it. Um, not much else going on around here. we got some nice weather this weekend. Me and the uh, hashtag chili dog. Got a couple, three, four, let's see. Almost uh, three and a four hour hike in. A little nice, windy, but warm, so... We will take that. I think got an interesting shoot coming up later this week, and I'm just going to leave it at that. Check uh, some around Friday on my various social media platforms, as they say, to uh, see what I was doing. Something a little different than I normally have. I'm hoping it'll be fun, although it's supposed to be cold, but we will, uh, hopefully I'll survive it. That's uh, it. Not much else happening this week. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. So um, go fast, take chances, and never, ever, ever quit. You can do that later. Thanks for listening. Bye. Okay, we're running, I think. <laughs> How are, uh, how are things in uh, your neck of the woods? Um, chilly, but not as chilly as as you are, I would bet. So, you know, it's, you know. A, it's been abnormally uh, kind of warm. Not warm, but, I mean, it's kind of hovering in zero the last two weeks. But the uh, problem is we haven't seen the sun. It's, it's really because of this wall that we're building at the border to keep yeah. all, all the Americans out, um, which you guys, are, I'm hoping, are going to pay for. Yeah. I heard it was just a big hedge because you're, you're – <laughs> That's the polite way to do it. <laughs> exactly, yeah. If you get up high enough, you could just break through the branches. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, we're um, like about 15 Fahrenheit tonight, but we're going to get in the 40s in a couple of days. So, Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, we're actually a little bit. Do you guys have snow on the ground? Yeah, we do. A fair okay. amount. More than normal. So, so yeah. we don't get a lot of snow here, so. Yeah, we've yeah. got. Uh, I don't think we've had any snow for a couple of weeks now. I mean, the trails are kind of icy and mucky, but uh, we're hoping for a little bit more winter. I'd, I'd rather it below zero, a couple degrees in snow, than above zero and you know wet and rainy, cold. But uh, you know, it's uh, it feels like more the West Coast right now. Yeah, I'm kind of okay with cold and snow if the sun's out. Yeah, I hear you. I'm with yeah. you on that one. So, um, so tell me about this your February 15 minutes challenge. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I think in the last couple of years, there's, uh, you know, a number of friends and family have, have kind of commented to me that, uh, you know, oh, it must be nice to have the extra time to, to go do things, you know, like running and biking and paddling and things like that. And I know I, after a while, I kind of take offense a little because I think, well, yeah, I mean, 
I do get a chance to do a lot of those kind of things, but I also, I make the time. I get up early to do a lot of it. You know, I spend time on the weekends and, uh, you know, I, I guess my argument to, you know, friends and family who, you know, are struggling to kind of get out and do things is you just got to make the time. And, uh, I, I guess, you know, lately I've been thinking to myself, how do I maybe reach out to, uh, you know, those people and, and get them motivated, especially, you know, in January, February, where it's tough to, to get outside and do things. So I thought, you know, 15 minutes a day works out to about 1%. And if you can't dedicate 1% of your day to, uh, you know, just getting your heart rate up a little bit, then, um, you know, you're going to have problems later on. And uh, so, I mean, to be honest, I, I thought, you know, I'd, I'd kind of issue the challenge and, uh see if I can get maybe 15, 20, you know, friends and family members to do it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just a little extra motivation. I mean, you know, we're lucky in the you know, kind of AR attack point group that, you know, anyone who's kind of been in the, you know, the kind of racing arena well before me, it seems like, they're, you know, self-motivated. But, uh, you know, it's I look at this as, uh, you know, if, if, if other people can kind of see that, hey, if they made 15 minutes, then maybe I can make 15 minutes. And, you know, I'm hoping that from there, you know, they make 20 minutes and then maybe half an hour and, you know, they start to see changes themselves. And, you know, I'm definitely not a coach. I'm not a trainer. I mean, I'm like, just like anyone else. But I figure if I can help kind of, you know, get people moving, then, um, you know, uh, they can kind of take the initiative after that. So uh, yeah. I, I'm excited to see that in, what, two and a half, three days, it's we're up to about 140 people. And I think of the 140, it's like 25 kids between the ages of, I know six and thirteen. So uh, you know, hopefully they're not expecting huge prizes because uh, my my shoestring budget is not going to help. But uh, yeah, I think it's more about just getting people interested. Well, I think that's what people, uh, and I'm sure they look at you and they're like, "Well, yeah, you're out there for you know 17 hours a day. I can't do that." But for somebody to tell them that you know 15 minutes is good, it at least gets them started, right? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the, the hope is that, you know, they, they kind of build off of that. I mean, you know, just in my head, I just think 15 minutes, you know, whether it's between meetings, you know, whether it's just after work. I mean, geez, if you can't dedicate 15 minutes minimum, then, uh, you know, <laughs> either either you're a doctor working, you know, 22 hour days. And you know, I'm sure there are. But, uh, you know, they, they still got to be healthy and, and take care of themselves. So, you know, hopefully it kind of builds off of that. And, and uh, it's actually been really nice to me. I think I've had six or seven, um, you know, just people, you know, in small businesses approach me already, you know, offering to, to provide some uh, little sponsorship and, uh, you know, prizing and stuff. So like, just, you know, extra motivation for some people out there. Yeah. Well, that's cool. So what do you do if you have a day when it's like, mm, no, I'm not today. Do you make yourself go because usually that'll once you go you're okay or do you allow yourself to say no netflix and chill uh, there's not too many days like that now i mean i i think i spent the first 34 years 35 years of my life pretty inactive so uh mm. i i mean these days I, I think i'm kind of making up for that i don't know how yeah. long it'll last but uh you know i just um I know I, I kind of look at it, you know, if it's a rainy day or if it's a wet, mucky day, it's a it's a good training day. And, you know, on the, on the, the, the toughest parts of races, that's that's what we'll endure. And I kind of I take that mindset. I don't think I might not last forever, but, uh, you know, I once I'm out there, it's it's different. But, uh, you know, it's, you know, call up a couple of people, see if they're interested in going. And hopefully I can uh, I can uh, convince someone to uh, to get up there with me. 
Yeah, the usual band of crazies. So yeah. what was it that uh, after 34 years decided you should do something? Uh, I think it was just kind of taking a look at uh, where I was. And uh, I was I had gained quite a bit of weight um, kind of through my 20s. And I think I capped out at about 280 pounds at one point. So uh I, uh, you know, being six foot five, you know, a lot of people wouldn't see that weight as much as what I did, but uh, mm-hmm. I knew that I had to make a change. I started, you know, by changing my diet and, uh, you know, getting a little bit more active. But um, I actually was just uh, friends of mine who, you know, had done some eight, 12 hour adventure races, knew that I was, you know, starting to you know, run a little bit. And, you know, I biked occasionally and they convinced me to do it. And, uh, I did one. My first race was a 12-hour race, and I was honestly, I was hooked after that. And uh, I think for me, I've, I've never been a, a fast guy. You know, I've never been the strongest guy. But the appeal for me with adventure racing was that, uh, you know, I could I could train in different disciplines and, you know, good enough to be, you know, competitive. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So I, I'm guessing all your friends were like, hey. Let's get Chris. We can make him carry everything. <laughs> exactly. It's like, oh, there's our workhorse. <laughs> so, so when, in sort of into in delicate question, but how long ago was that? See, because then people can figure out how old you are. But yeah, no, I mean, I just turned, <laughs> I just turned forty uh, a month ago, so uh, it was. I guess it was only about six years ago that uh, I started running and. Uh, you know, and everything kind of fell into place after that. So, uh, you know, when people ask me about my training hours saying I'm, I'm crazy, I said, well, I, I did spend 34 years not very active, so uh, I got a lot of catching up to do. Well, I can anyways. Yeah. So, I mean, it is, you don't have all that wear and tear of, you know, running for 20 years like some people do. So you got a long way to go. Yeah, and you know, I, I'm I'm always inspired and motivated by seeing you know uh, various adventure racers, you know, into their you know 50s and even early 60s. I mean, when we were in Australia, I was amazed by the range of of you know just people in these races. I mean, you get some, you get some young kids, but I mean, yeah. most of them, the average age seems like it's you know early to to, to mid 30s and, and up. And uh, I mean, that that that's always impressive to me. Yeah, well, it's definitely like the bivouac colts, you know, all in their early yeah. 20s are kind of yeah. the, the outlier, you know. Yeah, exactly. There's, yeah, there's a lot of people in their 50s and 60s racing, you know. Of course, they're Australian, so I think that, you know, there's a, that exchange rate, they're probably only like 40. Yeah, oh, yeah. I was. Uh, that's one thing I noticed when we were there is that uh, – I mean, it's just a different lifestyle. You know, they uh, they work hard, but they play harder. And uh, I don't know. There's something about the I – mean, you were there. I, I, I can't remember how long you were there. You were there for, what, two and a half weeks? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the thing I was impressed in Sydney is, you know, whether it was 5 o'clock in the morning, you had hundreds of people out not only surfing, swimming, biking, running. I mean, they go out at lunch. They go out mm-hmm. after work. I mean, it helps when it's, you know, 20, 25 Celsius, you know, in their – you know, mid-winters, but uh, I'll tell you, it, um, you could see it, a different kind of lifestyle. Yeah, I was on um, the, the beach one morning early, you know, waiting for a team, you know, like 6.37, and there was a group of, I would guess, 40, like seven, eight-year-old kids learning to surf, and out a little farther from them was a group of about 20, 
70 year olds swimming in the ocean yeah um you don't see that in the u.s <laughs> no you definitely don't yeah i mean and the other thing is like when we were in sydney you didn't see no fat people no. very few so yeah I, a, I guess i mean this is kind of um unrace related but the, the one thing that i was surprised at is uh you know, we would go, we went out on the one Sunday night, you know, expecting to, to get into restaurants easy. And, you know, as we're kind of walking around, you know, we got, it's probably 730 and we heard all these people, you know, out, you know, kind of, you know, having a couple of drinks and kind of just enjoying. And I'm thinking, oh, it must be a holiday tomorrow. And uh, I asked a couple of people, you know, well, what are you guys doing at partying on a Sunday night for? And they kind of looked at me weird and said, what do you mean? It's it's, a, it's a, the weekend. And I said, well, you have to work tomorrow. And they said, yeah, it doesn't mean we can't enjoy ourselves. And they said, you know, you people in North America, you've got a six-day work week and a one-day weekend where you enjoy Saturday, and then you dread going back to work through Sunday for Monday. And they said, here, we try to enjoy the whole weekend. And I thought, ah, huh. that's, a, that's, a, that's a crazy idea, but I like it. Well, it makes sense because I was in Sydney and the harbor Sunday night. And, yeah, that, and now that I think about it, there were a lot of people. So that's good philosophy. Yeah, you, I mean, I, I first I thought it was all true. Yeah, exactly. The locals out enjoying themselves. It's like, wow, that's that's a great way of doing things. Well, it is. Let's we should embrace that a little bit more. <laughs> I would like to. <laughs> yeah, let's all quit our jobs so we can <laughs> yeah. have a long weekend. We'll do that. We'll see how far that goes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, five years ago, you did a twelve-hour race. Now you're up to. Um, world championship races how's that happen yeah i mean i guess it was uh i'd like to think it was kind of the usual progression where you know from the 12 hour race you know i got into you know a couple 24 hour races and then uh my first longer race was um at Untamed new england a couple years ago mm -hmm. and then uh and then after that cowboy tough two years ago and uh you know i was lucky enough to get asked by um Team Spirit to join them in Australia um, this past summer or this past uh, winter, I guess it was fall, and uh, yeah, and unfortunately, you know, our our race ended, you know, after 30, 35 hours. So, kind of felt like, uh, you know, I still had something to, you know, kind of uh, prove or not prove, but you know, kind of I wanted to complete. So, that's uh, yeah. what brings us to uh, Cowboy Tough, you know, two thousand seventeen. Yeah, which which untamed did you do? Uh the last one that okay. uh, that Grant did. Yeah, so the one with the the wonderful bushwhacking. Oh impact. yeah, we were up in Abenaki Forest for uh, oh geez, it was uh, definitely spent a good night on the the side of that hill. I I had a good little meltdown wondering what the heck, <laughs> well, wondering what the heck I was doing. My teammate Andrew at the time commented that uh, it was the. Uh, probably the best meltdown he had seen on a race and beat down a couple longer races before that. I, uh, I questioned my sanity and why I wasn't just at home sitting on my porch having a beer. But <laughs> I woke up the next morning after a couple hours of sleep and we uh, we almost finished the race. But unfortunately, I think we, uh, we made it to the last paddle and um, we actually had uh, one of our boats dump when it was like five Celsius. And uh, Grant had to cancel the paddle after that, and uh, we had two teammates that had dumped in the middle of the river, lost a pack. Mm. So we had all our mandatory gear floating down to the Atlantic. It was a, it was an interesting end to the uh, to our first long race. At least three of us are first. Yeah. So what kind of lessons do you learn from from 
you can't call it a failure, but it wasn't a total success. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess it's more, I mean, it seems like for these, it's, it's experience. And, you know, I remember trying to weigh our gear, um, or weigh our gear, you know, leading up to that. And it was a disaster. Our, our teammate, Andrew, you know, who I said had done a couple of longer races, yeah. you know, he was watching at least two of us and just laughing to himself, you know, he was trying to tell us, you know, you guys got to do it this way. And we didn't believe him and, and, you know, trying to get our weight down, trying to sacrifice, you know, either food or warm clothing and you know i guess after doing a couple of them you realize well i don't i don't need those luxury items you know if we keep moving then you know we can deal with having wet clothes or dirty clothes and mm -hmm. you, know, you start to realize that the luxuries that you think you need you don't need them as much so uh you know things like that and same thing with food as well you know in the, in the beginning you assume that you know you're going to need all this extra stuff and you know you you realize as you're on the race course you might have access to different things and, uh I think it's just kind of dialing things in. You know, I, I noticed even in the first race compared to the last, you know, race in Australia, um, it just seemed like it was a little bit easier to kind of get a handle of what we needed to do ahead of time. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's all, I guess, preparation. So yeah, but I think preparation is the biggest thing that I've learned. And then also the training that you need to go into it. I mean, yeah. I'm not fooling myself. I'm never going to be, a, you know, as competitive, you know, as, as a number of the teams that are in those events. But, uh, you know, if you can, you know, train so that you can last through it, you know, the, from day one to day five or day six, then hopefully, uh, you know, you're still moving. Yeah. And we'll talk about that. But um, which which is worse, being cold or being hungry? Um. <laughs> That's a good question. I would say, for me, I would say being hungry because mm -hmm. I'm a big guy, so I don't get cold as often as, as some people that I've raced with. So uh, I'd say for me, it's probably more on the hunger side. Um, yeah. Well, that's interesting because being, being a big guy, do you carry more food um, or – yeah, you I can't think, sh you can't share clothes usually with your teammate if you need no, to. No, it looks like I'm wearing capris if I do. I did, <laughs> actually, I did share clothes with my one female teammate a couple of years ago, and she had a <laughs> pair of underwear. That was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I mean, I think, I mean, I probably carry more food and water than than the average person because I am, you know, eating more, and you know, I, I try to be a little bit more of a workhorse, you know, kind of pulling a little bit more weight. So because yeah. of that, I, I think I'm. I'm hungrier, but uh, that also, I'm sure, is not a great thing from a team dynamic because it means I'm kind of weighed down a little bit more, and maybe at times I need to carry more weight than just the food I have. So, well, yeah, but you're I, there. You go. That's experience. You know that you've got to carry that weight, that food, or you're screwed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I'm, I'm about 210 pounds or something like that. So. Uh, you know, there's a there's a lot that feed, but I'm sure I could probably go like a camel, you know, and not have to worry, you know, kind of eat off of uh, off of any reserves for a couple of days. So I'm sure I wouldn't starve to death out there. No, but it could be pretty miserable. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably bonk pretty quickly. Yeah. Excuse me there. Um, and then you did Cowboy Tough two years ago. Yeah. So yeah, Cowboy Tough two years ago, and uh, most of the same team that I did uh, Untamed with. Um, one team was different, and uh, that one there. I mean, uh, it was uh, it was a tough race, but uh, I just I mean one of the reasons why I wanted to go back 
you know, this coming summer was, uh, I was, I was in awe of, you know, the, the, uh, the area out there. I just, you know, I love some of the red rock canyons that we were in, you know, up in the, uh, the mountains were, were pretty cool. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I, I personally, you know, I, I, I really liked it. So, you know, I didn't have that hard time deciding to go back, even though it wasn't the best race for us. Yeah. So, well, and come on, it's the world championships and, and you don't have to take a 20 hour flight. <laughs> that makes a big, big difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Instead, I'll take the 20 hour drive. We drove out there last time and it was a, it was a pretty interesting drive being able to go through some of the, uh, the prairies. And, uh, I think we were averaging you know, 20, well, I don't know what it convert to miles per gallon, but uh, we were averaging like 20 liters per hundred kilometers, just uh, trying to get through the Dakotas there. And it was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's here's a sort of an esoteric question. How much easier is it to pack when you're driving? So I would actually say that it's probably more difficult because I bring more crap yeah. with me. I mean, mm-hmm. I, you know, th- that was the nice thing I liked about Australia is I knew I only had so much uh, weight I could bring on the plane. So mm-hmm. when I got there, I really didn't have a lot of extra stuff to go through where – you know, when I drove it to Cowboy Tough, I remember I still brought a lot of extra yeah. gear that I needed to sort through. And, uh, you know, hopefully I won't make that mistake if I do drive out in the summer. But, um, you know, I always think, well, what if I need, you know, what if I need this? But mm-hmm. hopefully hopefully the experience I've had in the last year kind of taught me to, to leave that stuff at home. Well, that, you know, I should have thought of that before I asked because when I go to Cowboy Tough, the back of my pickup is filled. <laughs> <laughs> and And I'm down to... Like when I went to Australia, I had one bag and it was un, you know, under fifty pounds. So, um, but yeah, but, you, I, but it's don't, the same don't. thing. Yeah, you think well, I could take, I can take this, and I might use it. So why not? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember. Uh, yeah, actually, one of the highlights for me at the Cowboy Tough was, um, I guess, probably the middle of the race was that uh, we had to descend into that canyon. And mm-hmm. uh, you were standing down there in the river taking pictures, and I thought, yeah, you know, you know, you're pretty dedicated when uh, <laughs> you're bringing all your gear down there. And and actually, funny thing about that was my teammate Heather and I were so excited to see you and uh, and get our pictures taken. I think we even went for a dip in the nice cold river, and we get up to the top, and we realized that I forgot to check to uh, punch. <laughs> uh, that was a big fail on my part. So, uh, yeah, that's a. Uh... I might have blamed you, but even though it was my fault. Well, you know, I I can see that because sometimes from my point of view, it's like, yeah, you don't want to socialize too much because you guys are, you know, like racing. Yeah. So, but, but it, like it's hard it. not to. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll take blame for it. But <laughs> no, no, I know. I got pictures. You were there. I, I'll yeah. testify to that. <laughs> so, um, so one of the things why why we are talking is to me you are. I hope you take this the right way. You're an everyman racer. Oh, I'm very sensitive, Randy. You can hurt my feelings with that. <laughs> well, no, you, I, you, I, you I, know I, what I mean, right? I definitely know what you mean. Yeah, for sure. Um, so. What's your training week like? What's what's a normal person's training week like? Normal person's training week? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, for me, especially, you know, in the winter, it, it gets interesting up here just because, 
you know the you know there's not a lot of outdoor riding if if you are you know you got to kind of pick and choose you know where you're biking because you know either you're wrecking the trails because it's too muddy or you know you need to go buy a fat bike or something like that but mm-hmm. uh you know it's it's a lot of running you know with spikes um so you know the, during the winter months you know if there's a lot more snow you know snowshoeing um you know i try to get out running about 75 minutes you know every four to five days mm-hmm. so that's kind of the base of it for me and then um you know obviously as the the weather gets better i start to ramp up my biking and uh you know, get into some spin studios and coffee trainers and, you know, do more spinning, you know, either at home. I'm not, I'm not good at indoor riding, you know, by myself. So, yeah. um, you know, definitely look to, you know, train, you know, with other people and I can run by myself, no problem, but, uh, biking, you know, indoors, I'm, I'm always in awe of people who can, you know, sit on a trainer for five, six hours watching Netflix, you know, and, <laughs> Um, that's definitely not for me, but I'm I'm lucky because where I live, uh, you know, I can get to the trails in 10 minutes. So you know, whether it's a you know 6:30 early morning run before work or lunch or you know after work, um, you know, I'm, I'm lucky to have the trails so close. So you know, I spend time on the trails, and then you know, as the ice thaws, I try to start paddling, kind of like early spring. Um, we're lucky to have a cottage a couple hours north of where we live. So, uh, you know, I, I spend my weekends, you know, getting some paddling in, even though that'll never be my, my best discipline. So that's, that's more, you know, as, uh, as the race gets closer that I, I start ramping that up. Yeah. So what is, what do you consider your best discipline? Uh, I would say probably biking. Um, you know, I think, uh, I've been able to hold my own the last couple of years and uh i think maybe it's just the fact that i'm a bigger guy and uh i, I mean one of the things i try to do and you know I'll, I'll train on the road you know with my mountain bike so that you know kind of um i kind of look at the races that we we have to do in the you know in the course of a year and, and if i can get my training you know on back roads and you know some hills and stuff like that i'll I'll try to end up, you know, riding five, six times a week for, you know, an hour, an hour and a half at a time. So I look at, I look at Jason Erkvicks and, you know, guys like Kyle and, and all that. And I, and I try to get like 75% of what they're doing for the week. And I figure if I'm doing that, then, then I'm doing all right. Yeah. That's a, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. You don't want to try to, you don't want to try and match those guys. You'll kill yourself. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so in kind of related, what, what do you think is your strength that you bring to, to your team and, in what's your weakness? Oh, it's definitely navigating. <laughs> <laughs> not, uh, no, I, I, I learned, I learned that the hard way. Navigating is not my forte in uh, Australia. So yeah. I'll stay away from maps for now. Um, no, I, I would say, uh, you know, from, from my size, you know, I, I try to be, you know, the, the, the workhorse, you know, if you want to say the mule for the team, you know, carrying, yeah. you know, the extra weight, I want to make sure that, uh, you know, if, if the team needs, you know, someone to step up when someone's struggling that, you know, I'm going to have the, the energy and the strength to do that. And, um, yeah, I mean, and, and hopefully, you know, with a good attitude, you know, kind of try to rally the troops at times and, uh, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say team captain, but, uh, maybe kind of team motivator at times. I don't know. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I guess that and, you know, the, the mule. Well, 
every team needs one, I think. I mean, it's nice to it's it's a nice luxury to have, I think. Yeah, I'm always in awe of guys like uh, James Gallopo, you know, uh, fellow Canadian, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, he's uh, I, I know I, I I look at at him and you know what uh, he's able to bring to a team, and uh, you know that guy is strong, and he's mm-hmm. always able to carry you know lots of extra gear, and uh, you know I, I kind of I, I I'd like to think that you know I could be kind of a a Gallopo light at times, but I'm yeah. not even close to it. Don't get me wrong, but that's what I would like to try to do, anyways. Um, so a, do- a domestique, basically. Yeah, there you go. So, which, you know, in cycling, a good domestique is more important than the leader sometimes. Yeah, for sure. So, um, so what are you in the team doing? Now for worlds, anything specific? Are you talking? And who are you racing with? So uh, yeah, there's three of us confirmed. So uh, I'm racing with uh, Sean Roper, who's had uh, quite a bit of um, uh, big kind of stage AR experience. He's a pretty accomplished uh, ultra runner as well, and I'm lucky to have him live in the same town as me. So uh, mm-hmm. we actually do a lot of trail running together, and. Uh, um, you know, good to have him on the team. I've never raced with him before, um, you know, at that kind of stage. So, uh, yeah. that'll, that'll be good. And then, uh, um, we're racing with, uh, another teammate that I actually know pretty well. I went to public school with her, um, who we just kind of reconnected a couple of years ago, Julie. And, uh, she, um, this will be her first multi-day race, which, mm-hmm. uh, I'm confident that she's more than ready for. Um, we actually just did a snowshoe race last weekend and, uh, she crushed it. So, uh, I mean, it was three hours compared to, you know, possibly five, six days, but uh, we yeah. had some 24 hour races together, um, down in Virginia. We were at Odyssey a couple years ago and then, um, we were, uh, the wilderness traverse race that Bob Miller runs. Uh, we've done that a couple years now. So, uh, so three of us and, uh, we're doing a AR, um, bachelor style, uh, auction or, um, um, <laughs> what do you call it? <laughs> Interviews for the yes. last one. Yeah. We've got <laughs> people that we're talking to. So, uh, we're hoping to get that kind of figured out in the next um, in a couple of weeks. So yeah, and then yeah. So Sorry. yeah, are you picking a teammate and maybe one or two reserves? Because you never know, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think. I mean, the I I think the the nice thing is that there's a, there's a big pool, and uh, I mean, without sounding. I mean, I, I would like to think there's only two Canadian teams that are in it right now. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. sure that um, um, Technu, you know, will be in it at some point as well. But, you know, I would like to think that, um, you know, there's there's people who would be interested in racing. Um, we just, I, I think we're we're trying to be a little selective right now, just because, yeah. you know, we you know, we don't want to rush into things, anyways. So, yeah. Uh, well, like, well, hopefully, yeah. hopefully, we'll have something figured out in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. There's 195 days to go, so you're good. Is that all? Yeah. Oh, I, I better get my training up above eight hours a day. Eight, <laughs> eight hours a week, I should say. Yeah, I was gonna say eight hours a day. You're, you're. Yeah. I think you're beating Kyle right there. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's the only way I'll do it. Yeah. Um. So, do you guys plan on doing any camps together, or are you all close enough? Yeah, actually, so yeah, Julie lives about 15 minutes away, and I mean, the teammates that we're talking to for the four spots, I mean, they'll probably be within about an hour 
So, uh, yeah, kind of the next step for us is to uh, pick a couple of uh, kind of shorter, closer races. I mean, everyone's got their family commitments, so we yeah. be, uh, aware of that. But, um, I mean, I think, I think for us, um, we have a number of uh, AR friends that, uh, you know, we'll do, you know, four or five hour nights, you know, kind of like on Wednesday night, we'll start at like a six or seven o'clock and go till midnight. You know, that way it's not taken away from, you know, too much family time. The kids mm-hmm. are sleeping and, uh, um, you know, if we do that once a week and then, you know, kind of a big training day on either Saturday or Sunday, then we'll leave the rest of the week to, you know, the individual to kind of get their training up. I think the big concern for us always is, you know, it's the paddling. I know in uh, Australia, you know, that 170 kilometers, you know, if we had survived past day number two, you know, yeah. that would is pretty hard. The 100 kilometers of pack rafting and kayaking, I mean, we would have, uh, we that would have been a supper fest, I'm sure. For me, anyway. Yeah, yeah. well, <laughs> it was for everybody, so why should you be different? <laughs> True I, I mean, that, you know, quite honestly, I haven't read anything or talked to anybody that, really enjoyed especially that last paddle down after the dam on the Shoalhaven had I mean it was it was just hard and ugly <laughs> we uh we tried uh we tried to do the pack raft section um a couple of days later just uh, my teammate Dave and I mm-hmm. and uh, we made it about 16 kilometers and I think we were averaging you know what four kilometers an hour something like that mm-hmm. so we had to bail and and hitchhike out of there to meet uh, our teammates at the dam. So we uh, we thought if we had to do that for another 34 kilometers, it would have taken us the whole day. Yeah. Well, and I've heard people say, you know, if they'd have had like 10 centimeters more water, it would have been really, really fun. Yeah, there was a lot of pullovers in that first section. That's what we noticed. And I heard it got even worse, you know, after that. So I'll be honest, I, was, I wasn't too sad, um, you know, going through that section that we didn't have to do it. But I'm sure when you're racing it, it's a different story than just kind of doing it at your own leisure. Yeah, yeah. So so you guys um, were in Australia and Will crashed in 30 hours in. What was how how sucky was that for you? I mean, it was really sucky for him. It was really sucky for everybody, but for you, how yeah, I mean, bad it, was it? It was. I mean, it was one of those things. I mean, for me, it was my first big race like that, and uh, you know, I, I think you know having having Dave and, and Will on the team together and, and just seeing you know the kind of the emotion from you know Dave you know seeing Will crash. I I was in front of Will when it happened, mm-hmm. um, but I heard it, and uh, I mean, just seeing kind of Will. I, to be honest, like I didn't even really think about the race for the half hour, you know, hour while we yeah. waited for the, you know, medics to come. Um, it was the concern for him. You know, we thought he landed on his head. Well, he did. He landed on his face, but um, you know, for that hour, we weren't thinking about that. And I know. I mean, I guess, you know, then I started thinking. Well, you know, you know, do we go on? Like, what happens here? I mean, it's, it's the unknown, right? You don't. Yeah. You never want that to happen. You don't plan for it. And uh, I think the the problem though is that you know you, you think okay well we we can go on you know it's we're only on day two and uh, you know there's a lot of race left but you know it, it starts to sink in that wow we still got a lot to cover here and uh, you know the the motivation is it is it going to be there and I think mm-hmm. you know the kind of the longer you wait to make the decision that you know the tougher it becomes because then all of a sudden you know you're you're right at the very back and you're you know everything that you're going to struggle with 
you're kind of wondering, you know, am I going to be motivated to push hard when, you know, we're, we're not ranked and, you know, we're, we're not really competitive. So, uh, Hey, I think I struggled with that, but I'll be completely yeah. honest. I mean, for myself, I, I thought, well, I could be stuck in worse parts of the world than, you know, Australia. I'd never been there before. And, uh, mm. you know, it was a chance for me to, you know, kind of do a little bit of, you know, um, you know, side adventures and all that. It didn't work out well for my wife because she was expecting a nice downtime vacation when she got there. <laughs> we did lots of good hiking and uh, paddling, but, uh, you know, for me, it was uh, selfishly, it was it was still a good adventure, just, uh, you know, not in race mode. Well, you make the best of it, right? You got to. I mean, that's, I mean, I, 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 pardon the French, but shit happens, right? And Exactly. Uh, and to be honest, I was just... Uh, I was relieved that, you know, Will was okay, you know, and, uh, you know, you can't, you can't change things like that. So, I mean, it would yeah. be different if it was my, uh, if it was my last race, you know, it's, it's a lot of money and it's a lot of preparation that goes into it. But I mean, the one thing I kind of took out from, from this was that, uh, I'm not particularly training for that race. I'm, I'm kind of, it sounds cheesy, but I'm training for life. So, you know, I, I look at it, yeah, I, I trained hard for it, but, I don't even know if I would have trained differently, you know, other than, you know, maybe those long, cold paddles that I was doing to prepare for it. So, well, that makes sense. It wasn't, okay, let's really be cliche. It wasn't the destination. It was the journey. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So, but, hey, it's fun to get there fast. (laughs) Exactly. I agree with you. (laughs) So, um so what what kind of have you, maybe you haven't talked about this yet, but what kind of goals do you have for Cowboy Tough this year? Yeah, I mean, I think we're kind of we're in the beginning stages of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we all know you know our abilities. Um, you know I, I think we'll be I think we're going to be very competitive. I mean, you know I don't think we have any visions of of grandeur you know of, of um, you know the the elite teams, but uh, you know i'm I'm pretty confident with you know the the team that we have so far and, you know, the experience that we have, um, you know, I think we're going to be pretty strong on the bike. Um, you know, we're all, I mean, Julie comes from uh, an Ironman background. She did her first full Ironman um, in Placid last year and uh, she crushed that. And she, uh, she's done a number of other half, you know, Ironman as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as I mentioned, Sean's got a good background of uh, AR and, you know, ultra run, ultra running too. So, you know, I might be the weak link here, but uh, hopefully, you know, on the uh, on the mule side, I can pick up that. But yeah. I think, you know, I, I think, um, you know, knowing knowing what I do about cowboy tough and kind of that area, um, you know, I think we're going to have a strong team, you know, as long as we're kind of smart with our training leading up to it, and as long as that hundred kilometer paddle isn't, you know, on a flat water, you know, in pack rafts for the entire time, because at that point, then then we're going to struggle. But I'm sure yeah. we'll do. Yeah, with a headwind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it's that so, dam that we used a couple of years ago, where you know we did that the first day and that was the end of the paddle, I think we'd mm-hmm. be okay with that. Yeah, I I hear you there. So, do you? F- does it give you a lot of um, maybe security? Not security isn't the word, but having been there and done it, is that kind of a confidence booster? I, I definitely think so. I mean, I, you know, even though I wasn't the uh, the navigator at the time, I mean, I got a pretty good feel for the area, um, you know, and what we kind of expect, you know, whether we're up in the mountains or, you know, kind of in like the big ranches. Um, 
you know, kind of the pace that we should you know, be able to maintain. So I, I, I definitely think that going back a second time, you know, is going to help us. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though I'm assuming, depending on who our fourth racer is, you know, Sean and, and Julie haven't been out there, but, um, you know, hopefully through what I experienced, I can kind of, uh, you know, express to them, you know, what we need to do to kind of prepare for, you know, whether it's the, you know, the higher elevation, you know, in the mountains or, you know, the hot sun, you know, riding, you know, in a headwind or something like that, um, you know, it makes a difference as opposed to going somewhere where, you know, it's completely unknown. Yeah. Well, I honestly think it makes a difference just like knowing where the race headquarters is and knowing that you go over across the street for check-in and yeah, you know, all that familiarity is, you know, those little percentage points that should help you. Yeah, we found a couple of brew pubs before the race last time, so you know we're hoping they're still there. You can, uh, you know, as as a Canadian, I like my my pint, so it's, uh, well, I'm sure it'll still be around. But yeah, being familiar with the area that definitely helps. Um, you know, it just uh, kind of puts me, you know, at least myself, a little bit more at ease. Yeah, are you guys gonna try and come a little early or not worry about the altitude? Um, you know, I think, uh, I think we're planning on going in. I haven't, on myself, I haven't really looked at the dates. Uh, yeah. I think we're going in on like the 7th or the 8th and we'll be there for the, you know, the 10 days or something. Yeah. So, uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure the, you know, the altitude, I mean, I know myself, I was okay with it. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, we could go up higher, so it might be a different story this time around. Yeah. I'm, I'm a great believer if you're fit, altitude is not not that big a deal so just get fit yeah exactly <laughs> stay fit so um here's a question i've been think thinking about for a while you get to be the first person to answer it okay casey excluding your team who would you like to go spend a long weekend with training training i yeah. mean I, you know, I, I think, uh, I mean, I think it would be unbelievable to, you know, to train with any of the top teams, you know, whether it was, you know, Adventure Medical Kits or Seagate, you know, obviously, uh, I, I, I probably, I, I don't think I would survive a full training <laughs> with them, but just to see, you know, how they do things. And, you know, I mean, I, you know, I hear stories of kind of the well-oiled machine of, of Seagate going into a transition and, you know, leaving 15 minutes later, like they were never there compared to, you know, some teams, you know, in the mid pack where, you know, <laughs> there's every indication they've spent a couple hours in there. Yeah. You know, refuse everywhere. And, uh, I mean, I guess for me, it would be, uh, you know, any of those kind of teams to, uh, just kind of get a feel for, for what they do differently. Um, you know, there's, I mean, there's definitely a lot of great teams to learn from. And, you know, the, the other Canadian team, uh, Team Canada are with Natalie and James. Um, you know, they've, they've been good to talk to and kind of get their experience. They've done some, you know, high level races the last couple mm-hmm. of years. So I might try to piggyback off of maybe some of their training too. If they'll let me. So, and are you much of a, know much about AR history? Cause my, the other question I'd like to know is there, if you are, is there a race back in the day that you would have liked to have done? I mean, I, even though I wasn't very active at the time, I mean, I definitely uh, grew up watching, you know, Borneo and, uh, you know, some of the big, um, eco challenges. 
uh, I'll be honest though. Like I, I even still now, you know, I, I think of you know watching Eco Challenge Borneo, and you know whether it was like the raining down of leeches, which I, I know they did, there were leeches in uh, Australia as well at some point, but I just remember thinking, oh, that that is just crazy, and uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I part of me thinks, ah, oh, I, I, I wonder if I could handle that. The other part of me thinks, oh, I'm, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I could. So, um, you know, I think races like that, you know, I've heard, uh, you know, great things about, uh, you know, racing in Patagonia being very, you know, tough. I, I guess for me, it's kind of unknown whether or not, you know, physically, I think I'd be able to handle it. Mentally, you know, I, I wonder if I'd be tough enough. So I, I guess things like that, I kind of question. And I'm always kind of interested to see if, you know, I'd be able to handle that, those kind of things. Yeah. So you mentioned Patagonia. Is there, you know, some place that you would really love, like there, any of the some place in the world that you would love to go race. Yeah, I mean, the top of my list. I mean, Patagonia. I've heard amazing things. You know, I've heard how rugged it can be. A you know, a couple mm. of uh, um, you know, adventure racers locally, Harper Forbes and Dave Hitchin. They they've talked very highly of it. I mean, I, I know they said it was difficult races as well, but uh, you know, that's definitely kind of piqued my interest. But I think the top of my list. Um, you know, after going to Australia with New Zealand, you know, I think I mean God's Own sounds yeah. like uh, like a pretty amazing race. You know, with the, uh, the the organization and then just you know where, where they help, you know, where they hold it. I think New Zealand would probably, you know, if it were a bucket list, it would be uh, probably the top of it for me. Yeah, that, that's yeah, that's a cool country. I know there's, and I keep asking people that live there where the sucky part is, and nobody will tell me, but. <laughs> It doesn't exist. Yeah, some somebody said there's a couple of sketchy alleys in Auckland. So <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so. I'll be honest, though, Randy. I mean, it's you know, you were out in Quebec. Uh, you know, the Maritimes that um, yeah. you know, the raid International Gaspésie. You know, in the, um, in September, and you know, you, you go to places like that, and you realize, wow, you know, I mean, it's it's not an easy drive, you know, from Toronto, but. Uh, you know, if you were to say kind of in our backyard, you know, we get mm -hmm. some really nice areas. I know Primal Quest, you know, they're going to be out uh, the west coast of Canada this year near um, just kind of north of Vancouver and Squamish. Yeah. That's another area I think would be beautiful to race in. I mean, rugged terrain, difficult. Um, you know, it's it's another one that I would like to do at some point. But, uh, you know, I think we'd have to be sponsored you know, to uh, to get in there because of the price. Yeah, it's a it's not a cheap race. Of course, it's not a cheap sport. No, that's for sure. So, um, last question maybe for now is, and, and people I don't think like this question, but how good do you think you can be? You know, you've only got five years in the sport. You know, in another five or ten years, do you think you could? You know, what level do you think you can get to? I guess that's a good question. I mean, for me, it's it's kind of an unknown because I, you know, it's still a relatively new sport for me. You know, just getting into the the bigger races in the last three years. I mean, I, I think I know my limits as far as you know my my speed, you know, and you know trekking and and biking and that. I think it depends on the team I'm with. And uh, I mean, it's, it's it's a really good question. I mean, I I guess I, I have no visions of being elite. But, you know, I think I can be pretty competitive. And, uh, you know, I think for me, it's just, it really comes down to, you know, the amount of training time I'm, I'm, I'm able to put into it. And, you know, I'm lucky enough to have, 
you know, a, a life where I can, you know, make the extra time to, so, you know, to prepare for it. So yeah, I, for me, I guess it's physically, I think I can handle, you know, it and, and, and do well. It's, I'm always questioning mentally if I can, <laughs> you know, on day five, day six, day seven, you know, how I'm going to hold up because those are the unknowns, you know, untamed and cowboy tough, you know, those were both, you know, four days. Yeah. Where, you know, we looked at Australia figuring we were going to be up there for six days, you know, at least. So, uh, um, yeah, I mean, it's, I guess that's kind of a long winded answer. Um, you know, I don't, I don't expect podiums, but, uh, you know, I, I like I said, I, I think that, um, you know, I think we can do really well. Yeah. Do you, how do you prepare yourself for day five, six, seven, or can you mentally? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe maybe trying to train on on. I mean, you know, one thing that I I do think I do okay is you know being able to go out and train on very little sleep. You know, if I haven't had a good sleep the night before, I'll still kind of push myself to go out for an early run, you know, or a bike or something like that, mm -hmm. and just kind of see how I handle it. And um, you know, I I don't know if that carries over to day three, day four, day five. Um, but you know, I've, I've had a lot of, you know, good feedback from, you know, great racers like Bob Miller kind of telling me that, you know, it's, it's, it's more about, you know, how you handle the first couple of days to make sure that, you know, you can kind of persevere on those, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth days, okay. you know, if you don't take care of yourself, you know, whether it's your feet or, you know, your energy levels, you know, you're not going to make it to those days anyways. And, uh, I mean, that's, I, I, it always for whatever reason, I mean, it's the one thing that sticks out. Everyone always talks about their feet. If you don't take care of your feet from day number one, yeah. you're not going to make it to day number five or six. And then, you know, if you don't take care of your, you know, your hunger, your, your uh, energy levels and, you know, uh, sleep strategy, things like that. So, I mean, it, it's it's pretty much an unknown for me right now. But, um, you know, I think based on conversations I've had with some pretty good racers, I think, you know, I can be prepared for it. So, well, you're aware of it that you're aware of what you don't know so that's not a bad place to be yeah i'll, I'll let you know on august 18th of uh, 2007 you know this summer how uh if i was ready for it or not you know i might see you and and know before you know <laughs> exactly <laughs> okay. all right so two more little things so i think i asked you this but um i want to check in with you about once a month from now until the race We'll yeah. do something a little short because you're my uh, you're my everyman team. Sounds great. Um, we'll just talk about you know what you've been doing for the last month, and then did you have a favorite Australian beer? Favorite Australian beer? Um, yeah, it definitely wasn't any of the uh, the well known beers. Um, we found a little uh, brewery that was um, Manly Beach. I'm trying to think of the name of it. You know, I'll be honest. There's there's a bunch of craft beer that that I found around uh, Sydney that I really liked. I can't think of the names right now, but uh, the one thing that was evident to me though is it's not cheap to drink beer in Australia. I mean, it was for a good six pack of uh, of craft beer, it was like twenty or twenty one dollars. I complain in Canada that it's expensive here, but uh, yeah, it was, it was really expensive there. So I I don't think I would have a lot of uh, I'd have to switch to wine or something like that at some point. Yeah. Well, there you go. So this has been Beer Talk. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Well, I got to tell everybody to go fast. Take some chances. Um, I don't know if you need to go fast yet. I think you got to get your base in. But Yeah. yeah. So um, 
appreciate the chat. So yeah, thanks for we'll, having me. We'll, appreciate it, Randy. You know, sometime next month we'll catch up and you might see if you got your fourth and what the team's been doing. Sounds good. Yeah, we'll give you a full update at that point. All right. Sounds good. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, Randy. Appreciate it. Have a good one. All right. Bye. Oh, it hit a little things you got to say to you. Make me want to be with you. I do. Wave on me, separate and be the man. I know you got the freedom when you say, I love you in a rainbow. Waiting is a beautiful time. The way you kiss me and say goodnight. Rain on me, separate and be the man. I love you in rainbow. What do you you know, folks? Rainbow, so pray to feel me. I know you get a feeling. I'm so glad that you're leaving your love for me. Rainbow, we're in my only cell. Tell me not to be a lonely child. You love me only. And a bit of yell. You're